This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. A lot of you have probably seen my face before, but you don't know a lot about my background, so I'm just going to share with you in short. For the first 18 years of my life, I didn't know Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit introduced me to the most amazing Jesus, who I'm passionately in love with, um, who I've been passionately in love with for the past 13 and a half years, so now you all know my age. Um, <laughs> and, um, but if you anything like me, you probably want a bit more detail than that. I like detail. So while I grew up and I was in high school, I was incredibly shy, incredibly shy. And if I had to define my purpose, if I look back now on what I did, I focused on performing really well in school during the week, really good. And um, on weekends, I started partying, drinking, smoking, a little bit of drugs, men, cutting myself. And um, yeah, at the end of matric, I attended a church service with my mother and Holy Spirit touched my heart that evening. It literally felt like it was going like this. And I responded to Jesus that evening. And a lady whose name I don't remember, I'm going to call her person number one, she, entered, she led me in a prayer of salvation that evening. And I went home, I smoked, <laughs> and I went to university the next year, and I continued to party. Um, but all of a sudden, I started to develop a conscience, and I started hungering for the Bible, to read the Bible. And I, I realize now that when you give your life to God, your spirit becomes alive for the first time, and it hungers to be fed. So that's what was happening. And um, so I would go party six nights a week, come back to raise in the early hours of the morning, and I would read Bible <laughs> at like 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> um, and there was a girl in my first year in my res, and she, Yonita, person number two, she was one of the coolest people I'd met before in our year group, and she was a Christian. Like, those two just never, ever used to go together for me. <laughs> She was so cool, and she was a Christian, and she had this, um, probably like me now, this bubbling like out of her joy, and this massive smile all the time. And when I used to come back to Rez, uh, she was my neighbor, I don't know if I said, and I would walk past her room, and she'd be worshiping Jesus in her room, and this girl just like drew me to him. She was a fragrance of Jesus that drew me to him. I wanted what she had. And so I'm continuing to party six nights a week. Sundays, because I'm hungry for God, I went to every church there is in Stellenbosch. But I don't think that Jesus is in all the churches because my hunger for him wasn't fed and my lifestyle didn't change. Until finally, Heike, my only Christian friend at that stage, person number three, I'll tell you now why this is important, she um, invited me to Shofar in Stellenbosch. And Jesus is in this church because as soon as I started coming to Shofar, my life started changing immediately 
and my hunger for Jesus was met. And so Heike was actually the one to disciple me, to, um, she went to Bible school with me, to small group with me, she baptized me, and she was the first person I told when I started praying in tongues. And she was basically part of my journey from um, out of my previous lifestyle and into the one I am in now where I'm in love with Jesus. So why am I calling these people person number one, person number two, person number three? Because they were seed sowers. They all planted small seeds into my life. I've never seen the lady bef- again that led me to salvation. I don't have contact with Juanita anymore. But they sowed small seeds in my life that had a massive effect on my... Someone's speaking. <laughs> um, they had a massive effect on where I am in my relationship with Jesus today. So the name of my sermon is so, so easy, and I'm talking about sowing small seeds that have massive effect, and we can all become seed sowers that has a massive effect in people's lives. So Jesus spoke to me about this a while ago, about me actually becoming a seed sower and sowing seeds into other people's lives that's going to have a massive effect. So about four years ago, I, um, sorry, just hold on. Oh, that's good. I drank water now because I remembered my scripture. In, <laughs> in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 6, and I'm paraphrasing, it says, Some sow, some water, but God makes it grow. So these people, they sowed, they water, God grew it into beautiful relationship that I have with him today. Okay, so four years ago, I'm walking in at my um, security complex, and Holy Spirit says to me, go and share the gospel with that security guard. And I start arguing, stupid, <laughs> and I'm like, God, if, if he gets saved, like, I'm not going to invite him to church, and, and I'm not going to walk a road with him, so what's going to happen to him? And Holy Spirit says to me, I just told you to share the gospel with him. I didn't say you need to do anything else. I'll take care of the rest. So I said, okay. So (laughs) I went to share the gospel with him. And he gave his life to Jesus that evening. And I walked away to my home. And I was just like, okay, God, you said you're going to do the rest. And it was easy. It was quite light. You know, I didn't have to do anything else. And later on, when I started driving in and out of the boom of my complex, I realized, because he, he showed me his Bible, he bought himself a Bible, and he started sharing with me what he's reading. <laughs> and then there was another security guard who was a Christian, and he started walking a road with this guy. So all I had to do was sow two, like, a two-minute seed in his life. He gave his life to God. God watered it, and it grew. <laughs> so seed sowing is so, so easy. <laughs> I can't get, take credit for the name. It's still fun. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, so after that, I learned two things. The one is I realized God has an intense desire to seek and to save the lost through me. And number two, I learned that it's really um, 
so, so easy. I, I realized I don't have to walk the whole nine yards with every single person. There's a freedom for me wherever I go to sow seeds, and God will make sure that people water it and that it grows. It says in um, Luke 19 verse 10, It tells us why Jesus came to the earth, his main purpose, his main reason for coming to the earth. And, you know, in high school, I didn't have a purpose. And we often, as believers, we ask ourselves, what's my purpose in life? What's my calling? Um, And I can tell you what it is. It's quite easy. If you want to look like Jesus, you can just have the same purpose as him. And you can spend your life on the same purpose. It says in Luke 19, verse 10, why Jesus came to the earth. Jesus came to the earth to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to the earth to reconcile people back to his father because he's madly in love with people and he wants them to know his father. So his purpose was to seek and to save that which was lost. He loves people and he wants them to know his father. And so if we want to know what our purpose is, good place to start (laughs) is to also seek and to save the lost, to spend our time on seeking and saving that which is lost. Okay, so even though God told me this four years ago, and I started noticing the lost, everywhere I went, my eyes were just like, there's people who don't know Jesus, there's people who don't know Jesus, but I didn't know what to do. And for four years, I actually spent my mornings praying for divine appointments. Before work, I'd be saying, Lord, give me a divine appointment today. Lord, give me a word for someone at my work today. Give me an opportunity, Lord. Um, And most evenings, I would go drive back home, and nothing had happened, and it was an ordinary day, just like every other day. And the things that happened was few and far in between. Maybe every three months, something happened. And I realize now that we don't need to wait. Like, my illustration is almost like um, we each have a bag filled with seeds, okay? And we actually um, already have this bag, and it's filled with lots of seeds, and we can just scatter it wherever we go. But that mentality that I had of a divine appointment, something like light bulb happening, is almost like us waiting for this one big massive seed that's heavy that we need to like plant and and wait for but but that's not the picture that jesus gave us he wants us to take our bag that we already all of you have a bag filled with lots of seeds and you can scatter it everywhere you go okay um so yeah we just need to take the seeds and scatter them so okay so nothing happened for those four years really um, until I came to Shafo East London in the beginning of last year and we did a series a whole term on healing physical healing now I had known by now because I read my bible that Jesus healed people physically and he did it quite a lot Um, so I knew he healed people, but I think the environment I, I was in, they, no one really focused on Jesus physically healing people. And then I came here, and we're focusing on Jesus healing people, and it's happening all around me. There's testimonies of people getting healed. And I realized, oh, my hat, there are seeds of healing in this bag that I can give people. <laughs> and 
it says in, in Matthew 10, verse 7 to 8, it says um, what Jesus did and, and what he told his disciples to do. There were four things. It said that Jesus preached, he said to them, preach to the people that the kingdom of heaven is near and then demonstrated how? By healing the sick, casting out demons and raising the dead. I'm not with raising the dead yet, but I want to focus on, 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 the, on those four things. That's what it's, the Bible is full of that. On every page, that's the four things he did. So we should probably be spending our time on the same things that Jesus did if we want to look like Jesus. Those are the four main things that Jesus did. <laughs> um, okay, so now I realize Jesus wants to heal people through me. And all of a sudden, every single person at my workplace that I'm talking to every day, there's some sickness. There's insomnia, endometriosis, cancer, migraines. There's a long list of things <laughs> that the people told me about that they have every day at work. And I started praying for the people in the bathroom. My husband called it the bathroom ministry because <laughs> every evening I'd come home and tell him I prayed for this woman for this today and this woman for this today in the bathroom. And um, <laughs> people got healed. <laughs> um, the one lady, she had been struggling with insomnia for years and when she shared it with me in the beginning of last year, it was particularly bad. The sleeping tablets weren't working anymore. And so we prayed for her. And she's been sleeping amazingly since then for the past year. <laughs> and um, there was another woman, she's actually my best friend at work. Um, her dad was diagnosed with cancer last year. And so she asked me, can we pray for him? And we got together and we prayed for him four times after he was diagnosed with cancer. Every time he went for more tests, we would get together in the boardroom and we prayed for him. And we fasted for him. And every one of those four tests that he went for again, the results came back negative. No cancer, no cancer, no cancer. Um, the last time they sent him to Cape Town because they couldn't understand where the cancer went. So they sent him there for specialized testing and still no cancer. He was healed. So we have healing seeds in this bag of seeds that we can give people. Um, praying for people in the bathroom became my default. Praying for people at work became my default and my boldness started to increase. And the bathroom ministry moved outside the bathroom into the offices, <laughs> into the corridors, into the kitchen, and into the parking lot. Um, and, and the kingdom of God is coming in my workplace. We are cities on a hill. We are lights to the world. They want what we have. We have the solution. Um, but still, I, um, this was all happening at work, and it was very exciting for me. It was my heart's desire. But still, I would go to the shops and the restaurants and the park run, and I would still be bombarded by people who don't know Jesus. Um, everywhere I went, I would just be like, they don't know Jesus, they don't know Jesus, they don't know Jesus, and I don't know what to do. I don't know how to reach out to the strangers if I don't know what they actually need. Um, and you sometimes just meet a cashier in a shop for two minutes, or, um, yeah, I, I don't know what to do. 
until last year, I went, at the end of last year, November, I went to the Power and Love Todd White conference. I don't know who knows Todd White, otherwise I'm going to have to explain who he is. Okay, most of you. But he's like Jesus. He walks around and everywhere he goes, people get saved and get healed and amazing. And so I went to this conference because I'm hungry for the same thing. And um, they prayed prayers of importation. Now, how importation works in the kingdom of God is you can actually receive someone's gift or anointing by them laying hands on you. It gets transferred and it gets fast-tracked in your life. It's amazing. So they, him, Todd White, and his whole team prayed a prayer of importation over all 1,600 participants, laid hands on all of them, including me, And I received importation that day, and I know what happened after that because it just started happening in my life. Um, My boldness increased even more, and when I prayed for people for healing, they just get healed more now. And um, my capacity to love people increased because you don't always have a love for strangers, but my love for strangers just, like, I had just got a love for them. And an evangelistic anointing actually just came over me where everywhere I go, where I share the gospel, people are getting saved. In the last three months, I've had the opportunity to lead eight to ten people to Jesus, and it's strangers, and it's just happening. So if I can explain it almost with this um, um, bag of seeds, it felt like after that importation, my hand just started going like this. I didn't think, I didn't, it just started happening that everywhere I go, seeds came out of love. And so um, people's lives in the shops and restaurants and parkrun have started getting touched now by these seeds. And so I'm just going to share with you three um, amazing testimonies that can encourage all of us because we are all seed sowers. Um, So... Sanuk, the restaurant, Um, I like it, and (laughs) um, I was there a while ago having coffee with a friend, and um, while we were sitting there having coffee, thinking about the waiter, and his eyes just looked so troubled and dark, and I'm asking God again, give me a word for him, (laughs) and I didn't get any word. Um, So um, at the end, um, when I paid him the bill, I gave him a biggish tip, and I I just thought in my head, I don't want him to think I'm just a nice person that gave him a big tip because everything that's good inside of me is Jesus, and he deserves credit always. So I will give him credit. So I gave him the bill, and I looked into his troubled eyes, and I said to him, Jesus really loves you. And he looked at me, and he just carried on standing there, and that's the only seed I could think of. <laughs> so, but he's, we both must standing here. And, and so I just kept speaking and sowing the obvious ones, and I said, God has a plan for your life. And he said, really? And I said, yes, he has a plan for everyone's lives, but he has a very specific plan for your life. And he just looked at me and he said, I really needed to hear that. I really needed hope. And I was like, yo. Um, and we, 
we, it literally felt like in that moment, I'd given him a piece of food called hope or a seed called hope, and he just chewed it, <laughs> and he had hope after we left there. And so I thought, okay, that's just a, a, um, a seed, and God will do something with that. Um, and I want to call this the obvious seeds because we all have the obvious seeds. Jesus loves you. God has a plan for your life. Jesus' name is powerful. It transforms people. You can use those obvious seeds. Um, but I had the opportunity two weeks later, I had coffee with another friend at Sanuk. And, <laughs> um, and this guy, he comes to the ta- our table. He didn't serve us, but he came there and he said, hello, and how are you? Good, thanks, and you? And he carried on standing there, and I realized he wants what I have inside of me. He wants Jesus, and he's not here for me. So I looked at him, and I just said to him straight, do you want Jesus to come into your life today? And he said, yes. And so... um, (laughs) Your salvation is coming. (laughs) Um, Then... Um, we found him after our coffee, and we went to a quiet place, and I explained to him the gospel. I said to him, um, <clears throat> you, and, you and me, we have um, sin in our life, and we have things that we regret, and we have things that make us feel empty and, and hopelessness, and things in our life that we just don't like, filth. But Jesus, the Son of God who came to the earth, lived a perfect life. He's completely whole. He lacks nothing. And he's clean. And when he died on the cross, he wanted to switch places with you. He wanted to take your shame and your sin and your emptiness, nail it to the cross, and give you his perfection, wholeness, cleanness instead. He wants to do an exchange with you. Do you want it? And so he said, yes. So he surrendered his life to Jesus, <laughs> and it was amazing. Do you know, like, what happens when people give their lives to God in front of you? They transform in an instant. There's no greater joy than leading someone to Christ because their spirits become alive, and you literally see how hope and peace and life and joy flood into their faces. It's, there's nothing like it. It's powerful. Um, and it's so, so easy. <laughs> and we can all do this. <laughs> um, yeah, we went to, my husband and I went to Toys R Us um, a few weeks ago to buy a gift. And when we came in at the entrance, the lady working there, we just said hello and we walked past. But she looked so sad. And while we're getting a gift, I can't get it out of my head. I'm like, Lord, give me a word. <laughs> And we get to the queue, and now I can see her again, and I'm looking at her, and I can't stop looking at her, and she still looks sad, and I don't have a word, and God says to me, just go to her. So I went to her, introduced myself, chatted a little bit, and, um, and I asked her, um, you look so sad, are you okay, what's wrong? She said, no, 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 I'm fine, you know, <laughs> and... and so I took my Jesus seed, and I just said to her, Jesus really loves you. And she started getting tears in her eyes, and she started sharing with me what was actually wrong. And I asked her, well, can I pray for you? And she said, yes. And she took me to the back office, 
and we continued to talk, and I listened, and um, I said to her, you know, well, she explained her bad circumstances and situation, and I said to her, well, I can ask God for you for advice, and he will give it to me and to you now, and it will last a few days or maybe weeks, but ultimately, like I gave my life to Jesus 13 years ago, and he radically transformed my life and everything around me, and he gives me advice every day of my life, and so you actually want to be in relationship with him where he can give you advice every single day, and um, you just need to surrender your life to him. It's powerful, and it, and it will transform things, and so we could pray a prayer of salvation that day, and she gave her life to Jesus, and I walked away there and I thought, you know, this divine appointment, this asking God for a word the whole time, like, it doesn't happen to me that often, like this light bulb moment. It's just, like, anyone can see someone sad and respond. Like, I just saw she's sad and I knew Jesus solves everything. He makes everything better. So I just gave her Jesus and it's powerful. It transforms people's lives. And we can, in an instant, with the people that we meet, we can sow seeds, two minutes here, two minutes there. Imagine if we're all doing it, and God is watering it, and he's growing it. Can you imagine? I have faith in those seeds. I'm not leaving those people. I have faith in those seeds. When you plant seeds of love, love never fails. And, you know, I think some people have had a a bad experience with evangelism. They think that you're approaching strangers and making them feel uncomfortable. Maybe you've just had a bad experience with it. Maybe you have seen bad examples of it. But I feel like it's it's actually the most loving thing you can do for people. You you literally leading them away from their current life without Jesus into a life where they have relationship with the most wonderful father who they've actually been created for. It's the most loving thing you can do. And we all meet people every day. We go to places every day where I'm not where you are every day. And so you can love people where I'm not every day. We can all be sowing seeds of love wherever we go. And then yesterday, and I hope I don't cry now, but (laughs) yesterday at the park run, an amazing thing happened. Um, I've been asking God, so even though there's these obvious seeds in the bag of Jesus loves you, God's got a plan for your life. I don't know what the obvious seeds are that you feel comfortable with using. There's healing seeds, but there's also like more. And, and, and I've been asking God for more. I've been asking him for words of knowledge. Now, words of knowledge is where God tells you something about someone's present or past. And the reason he does this is to show that person when you share it with him that he's real, that he knows something that you could never have known. And obviously, if he's sharing this, he loves them. And so they experience a knowing from the living God and a love. And so I said to God, I need this. <laughs> I don't have this yet, but I want words of knowledge. So like importation at the conference, I asked a friend who's sitting here, um, who's been walking in this words of knowledge. She's getting it all the time. And I asked her, just pray for me to also get it. So she just went, Jesus, give her words of knowledge like I have as well. That's it. And I started getting words of knowledge. And so even these words of knowledge, the the little bit that I've been getting, um, 
it doesn't feel like a light bulb at all. <laughs> all this like, it just feels like a natural thought. And I just need to be diligent in responding to them. And um, so at the park run yesterday morning, I um, ran past a volunteer lady with a, I don't know if they have a flag, but whatever. She was standing there, and um, God actually told me this about two months ago, and every week that I do the park run, I didn't respond until yesterday. But I felt like she had um, lower back pain or um, a neck something pain. And it just felt like I thought maybe she just looks like someone with back pain. I like thought, it just seems like such a natural thought to me. It wasn't like anything funny. Like, so I didn't respond for weeks. And yesterday morning, I ran past her again, and I was like, no. I just felt so, <clears throat> I have to respond today. But I didn't turn back. And I said, please, Lord, let her be at the end again. And so she was when I finished. And... Um, I'm sitting there, and I'm tired, and I'm like, am I going to go? She's around all these people, and I'm like, okay, I went, and I introduced myself to her, and it was actually an easy conversation, because I often wave at her when I run past her, so now there's just a name to the face, and, um, and I said to her, after a while, do you by any chance have, like, lower back pain or neck pain or something? And she said, yeah, um, her, like, I might get the terms wrong, but I think she said her her two lower discs here in her back, L4, something like that. Is it right? Um, <laughs> she's a doctor. L4 um, and something. They often um, get stuck together and then the nerves are sore and pinched off or whatever. And then she needs to go to the chiropractor to make the gap again. And I was shocked in my head because this was right. <laughs> and, and I said to her, um, well, God probably wants to heal it if he just showed me that. Um, can I pray for you? And at first she was like, no, it's not that bad. Da, da, da. And, then, and then I said, no, man, but imagine you don't have to pay for the chiropractor anymore. And then, <laughs> and then I said something about God, which I don't remember. But when I said God again, she started getting tears in her eyes and she asked me if we can walk. And we walked. And... She said to me, my dad died last night. And I was shocked. And, and I, I just asked her, well, did you see him last night? Was he sick? She said, no, I haven't seen him in years because he actually lives in East London, but um, they have a bad relationship. And she just started crying. And I realized, I don't think anyone here knows this. Like, she's just got a... Mask on. Yeah, no one knows. She, and she's sharing this with me, and and I held her and I prayed with her and I prayed with her and I poured out the love of God that she needed in that moment, and I could just pray the love of God over her and minister to her and pray for her lower back. And I walked away there and I was like, imagine I didn't respond. Like, imagine. Like, it seemed so natural, but imagine I didn't just go. Like, this woman would not have received love like this. Like, oh, yo. Yo, and, you know, what I'm realizing as well about the seed sowing is that um, you don't need to expect anything in return. I don't expect her to give me anything in return. I don't expect her to pray a prayer of salvation. I don't expect her to come to my church 
All I'm here for is to sow a seed of love. I'm here to deliver a package from God of love to people. Doesn't matter what their response is to you. Doesn't matter if they reject you. Doesn't matter at all. All I'm here for is to give love to people in whatever form it might be out of this bag of seeds. Um, God's love is the only love, this is from Todd White, with no strings attached. Like the world's love... It expects in return, even if it's just a thank you or a little bit of love back. The world's love expects love back. But God's love just pours out and pours out and pours out and pours out. And he never expects anything in return from people. And so that's the seeds that we're sowing. We are sowing seeds of love wherever we go. And we don't expect anything in return. So maybe some of you are thinking, um, I'm not an evangelist or... I'm not a mature believer yet, or I don't get words, I don't have a healing anointing. I don't know what you're thinking, but whatever those thoughts are, it's disqualifying you from something. And that's not the God I know. He doesn't disqualify us from anything. You're all qualified to become seed sowers. You all have seeds in your bags that you can start sowing. You just need to realize you have a bag full of seeds. So um, I have a vision. (laughs) Um, My vision is, imagine if we were all seed sowers sitting here, or imagine if the whole of East London's believers, everyone who calls themselves a Christian, imagine if each of them became seed sowers. Now imagine the area that you live in, in in Beacon Bay or Nahoon or Southernwood. Imagine Ganubi, whatever. Imagine the area that you live in now. Imagine the shop that you go to often, the checkers, fogs, pick and pay, whatever it is. Imagine that shop, the cashiers that you often see. Imagine the gym that you go to in the evenings, the people that you meet there, or the running club that you're a part of, or the um, park run that you go to every Saturday. Imagine these places. Imagine the work that you, that you go to for nine hours every single day, the office that you, that you maybe work in, nine hours a day, the people around you at your workplace. Imagine your neighbors, people who live next to you. Imagine your families that don't know Jesus. Imagine those people. Now imagine if all the believers in your area were seed sowers, if all of them were reaching into their bag and sowing seeds wherever they went, there would be encounters with Jesus everywhere, and there would be (laughs) mass salvation. Can you imagine what it looks like? There would be seeds everywhere, and even seeds on seeds, and water, and growing, and there would just be mass salvation in the shops, in the sanuk, in the restaurants, in the park run, everywhere. Can you imagine what it would look like in the malls if seeds of love are just being sowed everywhere? People would be encountering the living God who they have been created for, the one that they have been waiting for, and their lives would be transformed. They would be encountering the love of the Father, the power of the Father. He's the solution. Jesus is the solution to everything anyone needs. Now, I want to tell you that this is already happening. It's not a a vision that's not already happening. Because lately, in the past two months, every Christian friend of mine that I'm talking to is telling me stories of, like, at this place and this place, the restaurant and this place. God gave me a word for the lady at this mall and 
And it's just happening everywhere. People are getting healed. People are getting saved. People are giving words to people. It's happening everywhere. On Friday evening, I was putting in petrol, and I asked the lady if I can pray with her, and I prayed for her, and afterwards she said to me, I'm a lucky woman because <laughs> um, yesterday, the same time, a man was putting in petrol here, and he asked me if he can pray for me. And, and now you're asking me if you can pray for me. <laughs> and in Sanuk, there was another waiter, and I, 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 I shared something with him, and he said to me, you know, I should probably respond because you're not the, the first person in the last while to tell me this. And I'm like, who are all these people sowing seeds? I want to meet them. <laughs> so it's already happening. People are encountering Jesus everywhere, and you can all become seed sowers. It says, it says in, in, in Matthew 11 verse 12 that the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing, forcefully advancing, and forceful men lay hold of it. And so we need to be forceful when we're sowing seeds, intentional when we're sowing seeds, because the kingdom of heaven is going to come when we start being forceful. Why? Because in Romans 8 verse 19, it says that the creation, the whole creation, the people in your workplace, the people in the restaurants that you meet, the people in your shop, that you, the cashier, the lady that's weighing your fruit, the petrol attendant, the whole creation is waiting in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed, for you to reveal the power and love of Jesus Christ to them. They are waiting in eager expectation for Christ to be revealed through you to them. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.